Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cotton Yarns, the podcast for Australian cotton growers where we'll pick the brains of the best and brightest of our industry to help you get the most out of your crop. G'day everyone, welcome back to another episode of Cotton Yarns. Following on from our last podcast, we're at a chat to Paul Grundy about cutouts. Today, I'm going to chat to Larissa Holland, who's the Extension and Development Agronomist for Queensland, based in Dalby, and we're going to have a talk about the last irrigation. Now, the last irrigation is really important in making sure you finish off that crop and maximise your yield. It does have some other implications, as you hear. Um, it can affect your effectiveness of defoliation and a big one, fibre quality, at the end of the season. So I won't keep you for too long. Let's get into it. G'day, Larissa, and welcome to the Cotton Yarns podcast. Today we're going to have a little bit of a chat about uh, the final irrigation and why it's so important. So it's a little bit different to all the other irrigations throughout the season when you're basically just going off your your soil moisture probe or the condition of the crop. But the last irrigation is a little bit indifferent in terms of its importance leading into back end of the season, filling bowls and defoliation. But... um. Before we dive into that sort of stuff, do you just want to introduce yourself, mate? Um, tell us a little bit about who you are and what your role is with CSD. Uh, so hi, everyone. I'm Larissa Holland. I'm based up at the Darling Downs uh, in Dolby. I extension and development agronomist now for six years. I started with CSD as a as a part of the training program. Uh, so I was a junior E&D for three years uh, and then have yeah transitioned into, I guess, just losing the junior title. Yeah. Um, no, very good. Yeah. So last irrigation, why is it so important? Do you just want to dive in a little bit about why we place a little bit more importance on that last irrigation in the cotton crop? So, yeah, last irrigation, uh, its main objective is about filling those bowls. You've set all the bowls that will be there, and now it's about maximising your yield potential going into the uh, end of the season. Uh, in addition to the uh, yield is also the fibre quality, uh, particularly in regards to Micronair. Uh, Micronair is one of the last things that's set when the bowl develops. So particularly the bowls up the top, they need that little bit of extra time and a little bit of extra water I guess to mature or not extra water but they need that last irrigation to really uh mature off and make sure you don't get those yield penalties going into the defoliation and picking yeah that's right and for those last bowls because it is later on in the season yeah we are going to have you know some cooler conditions so I think typically a bowl takes about 60 days from flowering to maturity but those last those bowls up the top might take, you know, anywhere from 70 to 80 days if we do run into some cooler parts of the season. So that's probably another thing to take into consideration when timing that last irrigation is if you want to keep that top fruit and harvest that top fruit, you are going to have to give it a little bit more time to develop and mature. So when we're deciding when to apply our last irrigation, obviously, like I said, there's a number of factors, um, last effective flower is one of them, but in terms of, I guess, visual signs that we use within the crop, what are some of those ways that we determine when to apply the last irrigation? So 
uh, in regards to the crop, there's kind of two ways you can do it, like just working off the crop. So physically, we use a method called nodes above crack bowl. And that is obviously like just when the bowl breaks open, you can kind of work on the fact that the uppermost open bowl four above that will also be mature. So if you're to the top, so if you work, if you go to your last harvestable bowl, like so the one at the top of your crop that you want as a, like that you know you're going to keep as a part of your yield, you can work four down from that or four nodes down from that. And if that bowl's open, you know your crop is uh, completely mature. There are some drawbacks from this though. In some cases, nodes above crack bowl isn't a good indication, particularly if the crop is quite tipped out. So tipping is when the plant growth tips, so on a, on a cotton crop, uh, there's very much a main stem growth under normal circumstances. So the crop will like have one main stem and nodes coming off that main stem. When the crop has been tipped out, however, it's when it actually like has two main stems and it can be quite hard to uh, judge a nodes above crack bowl because on one stem it may be mature to that four down from the top and then on the other one it might not. So you might be losing some bowls if you're not careful about it. Uh, yep. Alternatively, if you've got a lot of lateral growth, like so if you've got a not a heavy plant stand, like so you've got a quite a spaced out plant stand, like something has happened in the early season or maybe you just planted light in a dry land condition, that laterals, which are your vet, also called your vegetative nodes, they can make up quite a uh, more of a yield potential and yep. they won't mature at the same rate as the um, main stem crop. So in those cases, unfortunately, how you have to do it is you can't visually tell you actually have to cut bowls open, uh, yeah. in which case you're just like slicing down the middle of the crop. When you look into a mature bowl, you can actually see the black seed coat develop. So you won't, like you'll cut it open instead of seeing white or gooey like fibres, there'll actually be some black seed coat uh, developing and that's how you can tell. And you'll just have to cut a bit of a cross section in that plant uh, and that's how you can kind of determine. Yeah, it's a bit of a, um, a, bit of a guessing game with that one when you do have tipped out plants and, and plants with, um, you know, a lot of bowls on, on those lateral branches, which can hold, you know, a fair chunk of the yield in those cases. You almost need to count every lateral branch or every tipped out branch as a completely different plant when you are uh, determining it's above crack bowl. <coughs> um, I think a good one to note too for nodes above crack bowl is when you're going into the crop, you're counting nodes above crack bowl until that last harvestable bowl. So you still could have three or four nodes on top of that last harvester bowl, you know, that don't have any fruit on them or that have immature fruit that won't, you know, that'll get knocked off during defoliation. So that's a really important one to disregard those nodes, which basically hold either no fruit or fruit that won't contribute to yield because you'll get a pretty inaccurate representation of timing for um, defoliation and then you, your last irrigation there. But um, you mentioned some of the impacts. So obviously quality uh, yield, sorry, and quality of, uh, probably the main two impacts of getting the timing of your last irrigation wrong, but it can also hamper your defoliation, which can also snowball a range of other issues. So how can that, you know, mistiming of that final irrigation impact effectiveness of your defoliation? 
So I guess like working on it as a general rule, uh, you kind of want to get your soil down to its refill point at defoliation. So you're putting quite heavy traffic on it. Defoliation obviously can be done by ground rig or by spray plane, particularly with like ground rig, then you've got a, another pass over it with uh, machinery. So yeah. you really don't want to be driving on when it's wet. So if you're irrigating, uh, chasing that last fruit to mature it, and you're irrigating fruit that you're not going to uh, pick or you don't really have to worry about picking, like you're delaying when you can actually get on the field or when you can get on the field and not actually have uh, like compaction issues. Uh, yeah. I guess a general rule, most clay soils like will hold 25 to 30 days worth of water if your crop's using between like four mils and five mils a day, like the drawdown. So like that's the plant. So yeah. I think that's a rough average water use too yeah. around that time. Yeah. Yeah. In the yeah, in that late bowl maturity time. Yeah. So yeah, you really don't need to be watering in probably the last month. Uh obviously though this does change as it gets colder. The plant obviously slows down, as we were saying before, as it gets um into the cooler parts of the season. Like if you're a late plant, obviously um you're most likely doing a late pick. So then you've kind of got to add that extra time onto it. Yeah, no, you've got to be really accurate with that one for defoliation because you don't you, you don't want that plant to be too healthy. You know, if it's got a little bit of nitrogen left under it and plenty of water, you know, it's going to be really hard to stop that plant and knock that, that leaf off. But at the same time, you don't want to be on the other end of the scale and, you know, have a wilting plant where it's not going to take up any of your defoliants um, effectively enough to the leaf off and open those bowls up. So I think that's something that needs to you know you need to take a little bit of time to to calculate that properly otherwise you can have some some pretty big issues there uh so i guess like touching back on to defoliation there are a couple of key defoliation rules immature fiber uh also contributes to like neeps so like when the fiber is tangled you can yep. see a little bit of um damage if you're like ginning immature fibers they tend to break uh which can affect like other things as well, touching on what you said before too, uh, that leaf often increases if you've got water and nitrogen from a um, late irrigation. Then you're also dealing with um, not only like you've got the leaf in there, but obviously that leaf then leads to colour issues as well, like that staining that it um, picks. Potentially too, if you've got a lot of leaf left and it's like new mature leaf then, sorry, new new growth, you could potentially looking at an additional cost that you've got to hit it an additional time to see if you can knock that off. Yep, yep, sure. Um, so you've got costs uh, involved in it, time. The longer it's in the field, obviously you risk uh, further like uh, weather events as well. Yeah, I think those are the main points. And I guess when it comes to determining your last irrigation, at the same time you're also determining your defoliation date. So it's, you know, it's a really important thing to get right. And, you know, when determining that last irrigation date it's important to look at obviously you can never trust a long-term forecast but it is a good idea to get an idea of you know what's coming whether there's some potential rain or the temperature is going to drop wide off because that'll have a massive effect on the timing of the development of that last fruit if you are trying to get that off those top bowls which can be particularly important you know in years when you do have you know waves of insect pressure and low retentions throughout the season, um, those top bowls become more and more important. 
Yeah, I guess on that, in some ways it does require a bit more uh, pre-planning. Uh, we have talked about nodes above crack bowl and obviously cutting them to determine if the crop is mature. I guess if you're like really into planning and you want to get your dates right, you can always kind of work backwards. You can kind of have a general idea how long it takes bowls to mature. And as Angus mentioned before, uh, last effective flower. So if you have an idea of when you want to actually defoliate the crop, when you want to pick the crop, uh, you can set that date in your mind and work backwards to that last effective flower date. So say that you've got it uh, in April sometime, you can work back 50 days from April. It's like that's when you know that your last flower has to be set so you can apply other chemicals like mepicot chloride to um, force the crop to cut out and set its last effective flower and then obviously like uh, wait from there. Yep, yep, for sure you bang on there. Rightio, I think we've covered everything there, Larissa. Um, thank you for giving us some of your time and joining me for this episode. Some people might think towards the back end of the season, you know, your, your potential for yield loss is lower, but, you know, it's actually not that much lower than, say, around squaring or something like that. I think it's, it's roughly about 0.7% of yield loss per day of stress during that period. So it is is it is a time in the season when you should still be on the ball and monitoring that crop heavily. But thank you for joining me, Larissa. No, thank you for having me. Thank you to Larissa for joining me today in our chat about final irrigation. As you heard, it is really important in finishing off that crop, especially if you're chasing that top crop to increase your yield potential it is really really important on making sure you time that right so those bowls have enough water um, as well as an enough time before defoliation to develop properly otherwise you will have some yield penalties and then you'll go into the realms of of suffering some micronary issues if those bowls don't fully develop properly uh, this season in some areas we've been lucky enough to get some heat over the last two months. January and February has been pretty kind for irrigated crops, not so much dryland, but those irrigated crops have really, really caught up um, up until cutout and punching towards final irrigation. So it's good to see some crops tracking along really well. But that's it from me, guys, for this episode. Thank you for listening and I'll catch you next time.